Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Beth Lindot and I'm your host. And with no Joe Rimmer, the chief adversary of the FA Cup here today, (laughs) then we are free to get stuck in to Liverpool's upcoming clash with Arsenal, um, as well as delving in to a little bit of injury news, January absentees and transfer news as well. Now, if you are feeling the pinch of the, the January blues, then fear not, because I'm joined by a duo who are guaranteed to brighten up your day. Paul Gorse and Theo Squires, how are you both? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, all good. Um, but I must say that if Joe's not here, is the kind of counterpoint to the FA Cup that I'm very much as deputy on that one. So um, I'll still have a few few levels at the FA Cup before we're done today. Yeah, I mean it is definitely you know second to to the mighty Carabao, isn't yeah. it? But um, we'll we'll get stuck into that in in a bit. Now before we we dive into FA Cup chat, um, we are live. So if anyone's watching along, um, feel free to to drop some questions. Um, for for Paul or for Theo and I'm sure they'll do the best to answer them at some point in the pod Um, now yeah Liverpool play Arsenal at the Emirates on Sunday in the third round of the FA Cup Uh, now before we went live I did have a little look at Liverpool's previous third round opponents under Jurgen Klopp so working backwards starting from this weekend we've obviously got Arsenal Wolves Shrewsbury Aston Villa Everton Wolves Everton and Plymouth that is a pretty fearsome list of, of opponents, yeah. um, especially when you consider maybe some of Liverpool's biggest rivals in the Premier League haven't had such a tough run. Um, I mean, how seriously do you think Liverpool need to take this competition this year? Yeah, I mean, going off what Ian Klopp was saying today in, in his press conference, it sounded very much like he was aware that it's not the, the biggest thing of the season, but also... They don't really have the opportunity to rest and rotate too much because of the injuries that they've got. So I think it's probably still going to be a fairly strong side. I'm sure we'll come into it towards the end when we pick our teams. But I still think it'll be a decent side that he'll send out on Sunday. But for me, it's it's undoubtedly now the, the, the lowest priority of the four. Now, Liverpool are playing in the semi-final on Wednesday against Fulham. That should take precedence over the FA Cup and, and the Europa League when that starts up again in, in March, is it? Yeah. Um, Liverpool are into the last 16 of that already. And the top of the Premier League. So um, the FA Cup for me, you know, I might be kind of derided by the traditionalists and all that, all that kind of stuff, but it's just not a not a big thing for me that this particularly this season. So I don't want to see him going there picking the under twelves or whatever. But um, you know, I think there'll be few tears shed if Liverpool do go out on Sunday. And of course, that's that might jar to people when you think, well, Liverpool, Liverpool, they should be going out to win and all that kind of stuff. And and that is right to an extent. But um, I think. 
if they don't get the right results against the team who are where are they at Arsenal fourth are they obviously big uh, ambitions of their own. I don't think there'll be too much uh, to cry about on the journey back to Merseyside. Uh, so it's it's fourth in the list of priorities for me, even if um, some people who love to please about the magic of the cup and all that kind of stuff, uh, this is their time of year to get stuck into it, isn't it? Yeah, so you won't be there with your, your tinfoil no, trophy no, on no. Sunday. No, no, no. Tinfoil getting left in the drawer before we leave on Sunday morning. Um, and, you know, Ghosty touched on it there, Theo. Klopp spoke this morning about how he's not really going to have the chance to rotate. You know, Liverpool's injury list has been sort of slowly creeping up on them, hasn't it, over the course of the, the last few weeks. Um, he spoke a little bit about Sabozla's injury this morning, which we'll, we'll get into in a moment. Um, but what about you? How, how strong do you think he should play this one on Sunday? Oh, it's, it's an interesting one because, you, as Gorsty says, you focus on that League Cup semi-final. Like when the season starts, FA Cup is the third priority. But then you get to it, and if you're in the League Cup semi-finals, obviously you prioritise that. You want to get to a final. You only really get interested by the FA Cup when Wembley's in sights and that semi-finals final period. So at this point, it's just an unwanted distraction. It gets in the way. You pick up injuries. The only blessing is there aren't loads of Premier League games around it. Like mm-hmm. Liverpool's January is quite disjointed in terms of if they don't get through to the fourth round, they get a weekend off. It's a winter break, so they get the what, next weekend off anyway. So it's all stop and start. You don't want to replay against Arsenal. If you're going to go for it, you're going to go strong. You want to get it done in 90 minutes and then hope you get a nice enough tie in the fourth round. You know, looking at the squad, they've had quite a nice fixture list in terms of they've had times to turn it around here. They're not playing midweek and then going straight into it. So there's no reason why they can't name a strong side, but you still have that one eye on Fulham. Like You want to have your stronger players left back for that. But then you lose in Salah, you lose in Endo. Like we just mentioned there, Sebastian is injured. It's a, spinning all those plates and choosing what is the best outcome here. The same players, they need rhythm. They need to play these two, three games to get going. You have the goalkeeper debate. It's like, is Kelleher the cup goalkeeper? Does he come in for this one or does he play the semi-final? But these are all things Jürgen Klopp's weighing up at the moment. Uh, if you beat Arsenal and then you get another couple of games that are good and you go for the FA Cup, then you take it seriously. At this point, it's just trying to have a blow on our have that blow at Arsenal. Like if they stay in the competition and go all the way, it's something else they have to contend with when it's the Premier League title race. Mm-hmm. And if they come and put in a good performance against Liverpool, then that's well can it knock you? It's weighing it all up, seeing how it goes. As long as it's a, a good game like we saw at Anfield a couple of weeks ago, I think everyone's happy, but just get it done in ninety minutes. Yeah, I think what helped Liverpool was it two years ago now when they got to the final was they played Shrewsbury in the third round. Um and then Norwich, was it? And then Nottingham Forest, they were in the Cardiff championship time. Cardiff, yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, Liverpool, they got to the semi-final without having to play a real top side. And then they obviously played Man City. But by then, they were kind of riding the crest of a wave going for, for the quadruple. You know, it's going to be totally different this year. The fact yeah. that they've got Arsenal in the third round. Um, I'm sure Arteta will rest and rotate himself. But um, I just wonder how much appetite there is at Liverpool to, to really go for the, the FA Cup this this year. Um, the squad's not ready for it, is it? Yeah, yeah. And like I say, with, with the injuries, you know, no Joel Massive tomorrow. McAllister's only just come back. Zabozlai's injured. Jota's only just... Salah won't be there. Endo won't be there. So, um, yeah, it's... Um, I mean, like Theo says, I probably would still say it's third in the priorities at the beginning of, of August or whatever, but uh, certainly not, not this year. Yeah, and... Theo touched on it earlier about the the whole replay element. We saw, obviously, last night, Crystal Palace and Everton played out a, 
thrilling nil-nil draw and, and now we'll have to to replay that game and, and Klopp said this morning I think his wording was replay wouldn't be helpful yeah. I think he's maybe being slightly uh conservative there um that's probably the biggest objective isn't it this weekend to avoid a replay because if there was one it, it's likely to be in that that winter break yeah win, win or lose just don't, just don't draw um there's some merit in the argument that you should just go to pens for the league cup yeah, it has. It's, I mean, the League Cup, oh, don't really get, get, make me get misty eyed for the League Cup, <laughs> the three handed, uh, shiny thing. No, wait for that oh, um, no VAR, no, no replays, none of that nonsense. Just get it done on the night. I mean, if, you're talking about kind of scrapping replays, and, and I'd be in favour of it generally, but it's kind of one of the things about the FA Cup, isn't it? When you're a, you know, a League Two side or a non League side and you, you take a, a big team back to your place and you know all that kind of stuff and, and the money that comes with it so that's a little bit of a more of a thorny issue so I'm not really prepared to uh, to side on either way at the moment but I think for Liverpool just if you're not going to win it just tumble out of it and forget about it like you look at the sides that are taking apart and we talk about the magic of the cup the only magic of the cup is when the underdogs win so for the Premier League sides, you don't want replays. You just want to get it done and dusted. So why can't there be an agreement before, either at the start of the competition, going if it's an all Premier League tie, no replays, you just do it on the night. Or you can agree with the, the Championship side, League One side, and then it comes down to ticket allocation. Like If you can give them more of a percentage, then they're more likely to not want to go to a replay, do the 90 minutes. Like Obviously, I've come from a, a background with Bolton, where you've had these big games where you want to play the Premier League teams and then you want the replay. I had Chelsea in the League Cup and then we had Liverpool home and away. I say we, this is a few years ago now. <laughs> this is like 10 years ago. But um, Liverpool home and away, and that was massive for the club when they were on the verge of financial ruin. It kept them going for an- another six months a year. The lower league sides do need it. So I'm never going to say get rid of the replays altogether because if you've got a League One or League Two non-league side, you want them to have that second bite at it. But for Premier League sides, championship sides, just get it done. You can make that agreement in advance. It doesn't take anything away from the competition. The chance of an upset is still there when they're against the lesser sides. You know, otherwise, they're getting that financial pull still if you're agreeing to give them more of the ticket allocation. There's so many ways you can work it out as opposed to just knackering sides. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say it perhaps wouldn't be fair to have replays for sort of one set of opponents and not in another. But then again, VAR is an operation in some games and not in yeah, So it's, I suppose yeah. it's not all that different from that really. Um, but in terms of, of Arsenal then, we obviously, Liverpool played them not too long ago in the league. It was a, a good game, even though it ended in a draw. Um, since then, they've obviously had a, a pretty difficult run, lost to West Ham, lost to Fulham. Do you think it's a, a good time to play them, a bad time to play them? Depends or? if you want to go through in the FA Cup yeah. or not. <laughs> yeah. Say, say Liverpool want to progress to that's the next a, round. It's a good question. One of the, is it one win in five for Arsenal? And they've really kind of tailed off, haven't they, in recent weeks? Big question marks over their front three. About the ability to sustain a, a title challenge. You know, they don't really get too many goals between them, do they? Um, four nil off. So I mean, it could easily be, couldn't it? It's going to be, it, it all depends on how strong Liverpool go, how strong Arsenal go, how both of these respective managers are viewing it. In a way, that might almost cancel things out. And we see a couple of reserve sides going at it, and then it's just the case of, of who comes out on top on the day. Um, I couldn't really hazard a guess as to what Liverpool's team's going to be, so I certainly couldn't do it with Arsenal's. Um, so it's, I guess. We'll know a lot more when, when the team news drops an hour before kickoff. But um, of all the teams you could have drawn, you know, Liverpool have, have, uh, have had, had a bad one there, haven't they? Getting drawn with Arsenal away. Um, 
Jürgen Klopp's had terrible luck, really, in the, in the Cups, hasn't he, across his, what, eight years? As a Liverpool manager, he tends to get a team in the same league as him. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's um, it's going to be a tough one. And, like I say, I think it will be tough. And if Liverpool put up a, a good fight and, you know, lose a, you know, a decent game on a day, I don't think there'll be too many who will be gutted. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite glad it's not Wolves or Brighton because it does feel like Liverpool have played yeah, them in yeah, the Cup, yeah. you know multiple times over the past um, few seasons. And there is obviously no coincidence in the fact that, that as you said earlier, Gorsty, that the season that they played Shrewsbury in the in the third round, they went all the way to the final. Yeah. And sometimes it is just about seeing who your opponents are and, and sort of riding the crest of that wave then through to the final. Um, someone who won't be involved on Sunday is Dominic Sposlai, obviously went off in that uh, win over Newcastle. It looked like a hamstring injury. Klopp's confirmed that today. What, what more is, has he said about him this morning? Um, just to wait and see how it goes. He's also, I think, been ruled out for Fulham in midweek. And then you got the, the blessing of they're not playing next weekend. So you, you'd like to think he could be back for the second leg or Bournemouth. Um, but yeah, again, quite a lot of muscle injuries. It's not surprising that Sabosli is the one to pick it up. I think it's only salaries played more minutes yeah. than him from the outfield players. And he has dropped off a little bit on standards the last few weeks, unsurprisingly, considering how well he started. But he's not had this period in a football career before like he's come from Germany where there isn't winter break so it maybe isn't the worst thing as long as it's a minor hamstring injury to take him out the firing line for a couple of weeks like they didn't seem too concerned saying oh it's going to be a while like Jota's was because when Jota did his hamstring they said it was a serious one it's not quite oh Gravenberch hasn't actually done anything it's just fatigue but a minor hamstring injury we're hoping only one or two games he could be out for yeah it was probably common really given the amount that he's played like Theo says I think um like you say, only Salah has played more as an outfield player. But I was looking into this the other day, and there's only two players in the Premier League this season whose first season in the Premier League is this year who played more than than Zabazlai, and they're both defenders. So he's the only centre mid. He's out there as number one for like new new central midfielders to the Premier League, if you like, and particularly Liverpool style of play. You know that kind of all action midfield, high intensity stuff. Um. He's played all 20 of Liverpool's games. Um, it's probably no surprise that he's pulled up, uh, particularly after the end of, of a punishing nine-game run between the start of December and the, and the start of January. So um, he's probably due a rest anyway, so maybe it's a little bit of a blessing in the skies because if he wasn't injured, there was always that temptation to carry on picking him and then it could have been worse. So hopefully he rests up. He won't be there Sunday. Probably wouldn't have played that anyway. Won't be there Wednesday against Fulham. And they've got the week off and then they'll assess it again, I guess. So it uh, might even be a good thing, really. I suppose we can take the positive out of it because if it had been a more serious one, Klopp's definitely moaning about the December schedule, yeah. saying, look what you're doing to our players, back off a bit. He's probably glad that he can take him out of the firing line and give him a yeah. couple of weeks to recover. And he said as well that Nisa Boslai was quite positive about it. Yeah. So he wasn't like doom mongering and saying he's going to be out for X amount of months or whatever. So uh, we'll see in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and you mentioned taking him out of the firing line. I mean, I feel like a, a few months ago we were talking about him on the pod near enough every week and waxing lyrical about him, and rightly so, because he he took to the, the Premier League like a duck to water, didn't he? And there was a lot of talk about, is he finally the, the Gerrard replacement? Um, and I think because he set such high standards, he's not quite reached that level, has he? It's fair to say the last sort of month or two. Um, but he is only such a young player, isn't he? He's only 20, 23. 23. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully this will give him a little bit of time to sort of 
have a little bit of a rest and, and hopefully get back to his best when the, the Premier League kicks back in. Yeah, I think we've seen it with Luis Diaz on, on Monday night. So no surprise that he looked as fresh as he has for quite some time, given the didn't play against uh, Burnley, did he? Did he come off the bench and he for maybe the last 10 minutes or so? Got the um, system, didn't he? Yeah, um, because he's looked a little bit jaded in recent weeks and he looked electric on, on Monday night. Um, so maybe suppose like can have a, a similar kind of rest up and, and come back fresher. Yeah, and two other players who, who definitely won't be involved on Sunday are Mohamed Salah and Wataru Endo, obviously. Um Salah's gone off to, to AFCON, Endo's gone off to the, the Asian Cup. Uh, Klopp said this morning, I think he had a, a bit of a cheeky quip, didn't he? When he was asked, what did he say to yeah. them when, when he went? And he said, you know, if I told you good luck, I'd be lying. He obviously wants them back as soon as possible. Um, and, you know, with, with good reason, because they've both been excellent this season. I mean, Salah, first of all, he is irreplaceable. But how do Liverpool replace him? Uh, funnily enough, Klopp got asked about that in, in the embargo section and he basically said Liverpool are going to have to get creative. You know, he accepts that you can't just bring in a player who's going to be like for like replacement for Salah. And that would have been the same if they'd have sold them, really. You know, they would have had to have brought in another player, but you can't replace a player who scored 200 goals for you, can you, in six years? So, yeah, I think we might see Harvey Elliott out there. Um, we might even see Jota or, or Diaz kind of shifted over there as well at times. Um, it's going to be an interesting one how they go about it. I think really... What is it? Two Premier League games at the moment, or three maybe? It depends how far they go. Yeah, because um, it's what? Arsenal, Chelsea, Chelsea and Burnley, yeah. is it? I mean, the annoying thing is, from Liverpool's perspective, is when Salah went there two years ago, Egypt basically played every, got to the final, and played extra time and penalties in pretty much every game that they could. So Salah was was pushed to the limit in that competition, and then still lost. Um, the hope from Liverpool's perspective is to just you know, Egypt quite a limited team, really. Obviously, rely a lot on Salah. The hope is that they just are very good and, and they go out and be a shame for Salah because you know he's he's a, an inspiration and a talisman in, in Egypt that he, he wants to win that. But um, Liverpool want to win other things, so get him back. Um, and Endo as well, to be fair, similar kind of situation, isn't he? He's the captain of of Japan. I think they've got Indonesia. Vietnam and Iraq, possibly in their Asia Cup group. And what do you know about those three teams? Not a lot, to be honest. Not not a lot. Uh, don't even think Japan have at the moment. Um, and I was speaking to, to someone actually the other day, one of our Japanese colleagues who are regularly at Anfield to speak to Endo, and, and he was saying he spoke to him after the Newcastle game, and he was almost saying it's a bit of a shame that I've got to go to this Asia Cup now because if it's a bit of form and I'm and I'm in the team and I'm playing on merit as opposed to just McAllister being injured, so that's. Come at a bit of a bad time for him. Um, but I think Japan probably won the favours for the Asia Cup, sadly. Uh, let's hope that Egypt fall at the first hurdle, if that's um, not too harsh for our Egyptian <laughs> viewers. Yeah, I was going to say, if there's, there's any Egyptians watching, you know, we don't all share it's that not, view not here at the Liverpool. <laughs> um, we do have a few questions that have come through. Um, we'll, we'll answer most of them at the end, but just thought while we're on the, the topic of, of Salah, um, Ashir Parakal on YouTube has asked how long will Salah be gone for? Well, at the moment, I think I've just typed that out there on my computer. I think the AFCON starts on the 13th of January and it runs to the 11th of February. Um, Liverpool plays seven times in, in that run. Uh, and could even be eight if they get a dreaded replay against Arsenal. So, Or ten if they get through and then get another replay. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you look so enthused at that prospect. 
I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. That, that's if Egypt go all the way, isn't it? Um, but on the on the flip side, Egypt did go all the way two years ago and they lost on the Sunday and Salah was back in the squad for Leicester on Wednesday and, and wanted to play and came on as a sub. Um, so he's that type of character. So we'll get him over on the private jet, recovery sessions at all hours of the day and night and um, try and keep him in um, as much cotton wool as he can. Yeah, and Theo, we we spoke a little bit there about Endo, and he was named the the club's player of the month, the, the standard chartered player of the month, which is obviously voted for by the fans uh, yesterday. And I was I was delighted for him because I think he came in and obviously came in off the back of the the Caicedo saga, and a lot of people were saying, you know, who is this guy? Is he going to be a flop? Is he going to be like a, an Arthur Mello type signing who doesn't really play that much? Um, and you know, the first couple of games, he, he took a little bit of time to find his feet, but throughout sort of November and December, he's been absolutely brilliant and a real miss, which I don't think many people would have thought at the start of the no. season that, that you would be gutted about him going off to, to the Asian Cup. But, uh, I mean, what have you thought of him and how much of a miss do you think he'll be well, for Liverpool? Klopp said this himself in the embargo. He was like, imagine if you'd been saying this a month ago, you probably weren't bothered about him departing mm. for the Asian Cup, but now he is going to be this massive miss and you're just relieved that McAllister's come back at the same time. But even then, it's like, bedding one in to get the other one back it's going to be tough like it has made a big difference to Liverpool having a natural holding midfielder in that position and you're pleased yeah. for him because he's waited a long time in his career to have the opportunity that he's probably thought he'd never get like he's 30 isn't he he's been in relegation fights in Germany but now he's competing for a Premier League title he's competing for Europa League competing for the League Cup and it's a shame for him that he's going to miss out on those but it's another one where if he goes and does well for Japan it's a wave he can ride for the rest of the season like we talk about Salah how he dropped after AFCON they lost that game there were distractions about his future he'd had so much extra time and penalties but look at Sadio Mane he, he was flying for the final couple of months of that season in a new position up front so you're hoping if they do do well that they can then carry on for a title charge for Liverpool second half of the season um, there are options who can replace both players at Trent Alexander-Arnold he can be an option as that number six they can change the formation slightly to two sitters we've seen Jones do that for England that's 21's last summer we've still got Connor Bradley you can play right back uh, I'm not quite sure on John Aldridge's claim in his echo column this week I, I just want to speak into him and he's like oh Joe Gomez can play there I- I'm quite happy leaving Joe Gomez in defence <laughs> but it'll be quite an interesting shout because he's shown that he is good on the ball and we know his defensive strengths but I don't think Klopp's too phased about it because he's got such faith in his squad like you've got so many strong players here that when they get the rhythm you see what they can do and we're seeing that with the likes of Joe Gomez this year the fringe players well Costa Simicast as well the fringe players aren't there to be written off when they come and step up they make a difference offensive wise it's even more isn't it because like Cody Gakpo played there I think came on against Palace when they went 4-2-3-1 personally I'm excited to see what Harvey Elliott can do there because he was so good in that position against West Ham uh, I think two years ago Liverpool were, they were flawless when Salah went off when you had Kate Gordon playing there a couple of games. Oxlade-Chamberlain. Oxlade-Chamberlain. Yeah. Minamino played there a couple. Jota played there a couple of times. Uh, it's only when you think back to Mane going the first time, 2016-17, I think the season fell apart in terms of the title charge. They recovered to get top four. But Liverpool squad isn't like it was then, even though that was a year one of a full season. This is year one of a new team full season. This squad is more like 21-22 when you've got the depth there. They can compete for the honours. 
they've just not got enough to go for absolutely everything, but they're still in a strong place. Yeah, I mean, someone else who might need to step up in the second half of the season is Owen Beck, who was recalled earlier this week from a, a pretty successful loan spell in Dundee. I think, you know, you, you look at the, the response of the Dundee fans on Twitter and they were all pretty gutted to, to see him leave. Um, Klopp spoke about him a little bit this morning, didn't he? And, yeah. and I think yeah. it is sort of said, you know, it made sense for us with our two senior left-backs injured. Hopefully, you know, Robertson is back in the not-too-distant future, but, but with both him and and Simicast sideline for now, it made sense to, to bring him back. Yeah, I think Liverpool have kind of erred on the side of caution a little bit with that. I think Klopp seen Callum Scanlon and, and Luke Chambers in, in the Europa League games and thought maybe, you know, asking them to play in the Premier League at this point is a little bit too much of a stretch. Um, and let's face it, Liverpool haven't got any senior left backs available after Joe Gomez is doing a really decent job there, but it's still probably his third favourite position of three in the in the in the back back line. So um yeah, I think bringing back in makes a little bit of sense. I think if he if he does feature on Sunday, don't Liverpool can can loan him back out again because he's already played for, for well that would mean he played for two clubs this season. So um there's obviously an intent there to use him, otherwise he probably wouldn't wouldn't have bothered. So um yeah, I, I do you know what I, I don't mind it because I think sometimes Liverpool or Klopp specifically is a bit too given to to the players. I think sometimes he allows one too many to leave when they want to leave, whereas occasionally you've just got to assess it and think, well, what's what's better for the club? And I think it's a similar thing with Nat Phillips. He said today that neither he's not um, he's not going on loan until the end of the month essentially because he's come back from Celtic. But if we get a centre back injury and, and we don't have Nat around, then we. Um, we're a bit short at the back because obviously Matip's injured, isn't he? So, um, yeah, I don't mind it a little bit. Um, putting the team first ahead of the play, which you can't always say Klopp has done. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, you mentioned Nat Phillips there. I mean, he's, he's a bit of a weird one, isn't he? He's not had a, a particularly successful loan spell at, at Celtic. It felt like a good move for him. Um, he's 27 this year. Yeah. And actually, you know, older than, than Joe Gomez, I think yeah. I wanted to say earlier on. So, I mean... I do feel for him because it, it really felt, you know, after that season where he helped Liverpool get top four, that he was sort of, he, he very much could have earned himself a move to another team in the Premier League, maybe toward the bottom of the table, certainly a team, you know, near the top of the championship. But I think, you know, that that undermines how, how, how good he was. I think he certainly could have played for, for another Premier League side. He obviously didn't do that. He signed a new contract. He's had a couple of loan spells um, and also spent quite a bit of time on the bench for Liverpool, Theo, what do you think his future holds? Uh, he needs to move as quickly as he can get it. Like, I'm with Gorstian. If the Liverpool need the depth, you keep him around. But when the time comes for him to move on, just get him out the door now. It's 
and like you say, he's nearly 27. He spent so long at Liverpool just being that fifth man waiting to come in. And it's not a case of like when Kranzer was the fifth man and you're wanting to give him the minutes, you're just getting him there as backup for the worst possible scenario. And let's face it, he's not going to get much game time second half of the season, even if he does stay around unless people get injured. Like you're not playing him in your League Cup semi-final. You're only playing him in an FA Cup third round replay because you want to rest players maybe in a Europa League second leg because you won the first leg 4-0 or something ridiculous like that. They don't really need him. If he wasn't homegrown, he probably would have been long gone. It's just because he's homegrown, so he boasts, uh, bolsters that quota. But yeah, we've seen before, he can do a good job top end of the championship. He could probably make the step up to bottom half of the Premier League. When he went to Celtic, he had a bit of an injury. And they've had centre-back options, so they didn't want to rotate too much. And then when he did get in the team, it was only for a couple of games until their first choice came back. I think in his last appearance, he got an own goal so that the fans aren't too happy with him anyway. So it's probably best for him to come back from Celtic and try afresh somewhere else on loan or permanent. But it's been, we're saying this every year now, he needs to move on for the sake of his career. He did so well for Liverpool a few years ago to get him in the top four. We saw the benefit of giving players that consistent game time in their favourite positions. He deserves that elsewhere now. Yeah, a slightly different story perhaps for Reese Williams, obviously partnered Nat Phillips during that that campaign where Liverpool's Liverpool were hit with a number of defensive injuries and he's had various loan spells. He's been recalled from Aberdeen as well. Um, not quite worked out for him there. I thought it was quite interesting what Klopp said this morning in the sense he, he said to him, we're going to have a little chat about why it didn't work out because, you know, Celtic is one thing. It's obviously, you know, probably depending on who you ask, the biggest club in, in Scotland and they're obviously in a, in a really great run. Aberdeen slightly different and Klopp said he would have expected him to be playing a lot more than he has. Um, so it'll be interesting, won't it, to, to see what, what happens with him as well. Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? That kind of hinted to me that maybe there's something there that that um, needs to be spoken about and addressed as, as to why you're not playing. You know, Klopp has basically said that if you're not going to Rangers or Celtic in Scotland, I expect you to be playing every minute. And that obviously hasn't happened or anywhere close to it. So you wonder what the, the real issue is behind that. And I'm sure Klopp will, will speak to Reese Williams and... And get to the bottom of it. So for now, he's gone back into the the twenty threes. Um, obviously, no Gerald Kwan's are there anymore. So you'll kind of boost that squad with with the experience and the kind of how to handle yourself, you know, as a kind of senior pro. Um, but um, I mean, I think Pep Linder said then he was a. I can't remember what it was exactly. I think it might have been his book actually that he said we see. Reese Williams has has a long term option for us, um, but looking at it now, you, you you can't really see it, can you? Um, especially when you're moving away to get game time and a bit more credit in the bank and all that type of stuff, and, and it just doesn't work out the way it has at Aberdeen. So I guess Liverpool are going to look now for for their options elsewhere and move them on again, and it probably will be alone. I think that's the third time for him now as well because he got recalled from Blackpool, Blackpool and Swansea. I think yeah, those are the two. Yeah, yeah. So he's gone to a number of clubs, and granted, those two it wasn't as bad as this one where he's not kicked a ball. But yeah, he's just not getting a sniff anywhere. It's not happening for him for whatever reason, and he's not a young kid anymore. Like he's coming into his early twenties. He needs that game time. It's not happening. How do you make it work? Uh, we've seen him come back and have half a season with the twenty ones before and get going again. But then he hasn't been able to push on and build on it. There has to be something looked at deep there to try and get him back. But I agree with Gorsty. I can't see him having a long-term future at Liverpool now. Like even when he came into the side a couple of years ago when they had no centre-backs, he was raw. And it just took him time to find a bit of rhythm. Whereas Quanzer looks like 
streets ahead of him. So Liverpool have got their young centre-back who is going to be in this first team. Williams isn't it. You will need to move on at some point in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, I mean, we've spoken a little bit about players who might leave the club. Um, we'll look now at players who could come in. Mbappe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the name he always gets spoken about, isn't he? Um, yeah, I, I think it was it was like four years into the new year when Mbappe was getting linked with Liverpool again. Um, obviously, Four years into the new year. Sorry, four minutes into the new it's year. It's been that long already. Yeah, it feels, feels like. like. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't really know what more to add. I mean, he's... He's a name who always gets linked, isn't he, with Liverpool? And um, I think it's always a bit pie in the sky and they're always kind of not the favourites for him. But I don't think it's a total non-starter as it kind of has been in, in recent years. I think it might involve Mohamed Salah leaving and then using that considerable wage packet to fund Mbappe, his weekly wage, and then you think you might need to top up on top of that. Um, but the absence of a of a transfer fee is a big one, isn't it? The fact that he's out of contract at PSG in six months. But um, for all the kind of positive things that you can speak about, Kylian Mbappe potentially going to Liverpool, I still see him going to Real Madrid, and then you're looking at it in, in a few months thinking, why did we ever think that was even possible? Yeah, well, it'd be, be an interesting one. I certainly can't see it happening, but um, who knows? Stranger things have happened. I don't know where the actual links come from this time, though. No. Like no, normally you're able to pin it was on. A, there was a French journalist yeah, who French apparently reports. is very good friends. They always are, aren't they? They're very nice. good friends with Kylian Mbappe, who um, reported that he really, 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 really likes Liverpool. So I mean, who knows? Liverpool might be able to tempt them as, as Premier League champions in the summer. Yeah. Um, and his mum's a big Liverpool fan. His mum's the kind of mother slash driving force agent type figure. Um, and she's apparently a, a big red. But uh, for all the kind of things that you want to point out is, oh, you know, possible, possible. I still think he's Real Madrid bound at some point. What's interesting with Real Madrid is they're not these financial heavyweights that they used to be. Like, yeah. They got Shermany, they got Bellingham, but look at the rest of the transfer business. It is all like buyback clauses on bargains, free agents, loan returns. They don't have much there beyond that. They go out and get one marquee signing. And granted, they're going to lose... Modric or Cruz, these big earners potentially at the end of the contracts to save money on Benzema going on a free. So maybe like Liverpool are doing, they can rework the, the wage bill a little bit to get someone like that in. But there isn't much there in terms of bolstering the whole squad. You look at their centre-backs, a couple of them had ACL injuries, they're out of contract, they're wrong side of 30. We talk about Liverpool maybe need a new centre-back. Real Madrid's defence is in more of need of a restructure much more because the full-backs are that much older and injury-prone as well. So it's whether they want to go, oh, we'll just put it all on Mbappe, go uh, Kevin Keegan approach of we'll win every game 4-3, or they actually reshape the defence. And if it's not Real Madrid, who else is there? And There aren't many options there, but then Mbappe's going to turn down Saudi Arabia. It's not all about money for him. He's got to choose the best footballing project. He's not going to win the Champions League at PSG when they're reshaping their project to focus on French talent. He's got a, a tough decision to make. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just want to speak about, uh, we'll get onto sort of score predictions in teams for, for Arsenal in a moment. Um, someone who may or may not play, obviously depending on, on what decision Klopp makes with, with Kelleher, but Alisson may feature as well. Um, he obviously brought up his, his 250th Liverpool appearance against Newcastle. Um, I mean, just quickly, what what a signing he has been for, for Liverpool, and and he's he's just he's just incredible, isn't he? Yeah, I was listening to to Klopp's podcast with with Ben Foster that was recorded just before Christmas, I think, and they're talking about Allison, and, and Klopp says something like, um, 
I, I don't want anyone else to be my goalkeeper. And I suddenly thought, what did Liverpool do when, when he, he, he caught time in his career? And I suppose the same can be said of Van Dijk. It's probably not as pressing as it is with Van Dijk as Alisson. Uh, and he, he said recently we had, had a chance to speak to him before the United game at the training ground. And he, he basically hinted that he'd like to play until his late 30s, maybe even early 40s. And you just hope that that's going to be at Liverpool because, you know, if they were to lose him, how do you go about replacing him? In the same way you talk about Salah and Van Dijk, he's just irreplaceable, isn't he? And, and certainly, for my money, the best goalkeeper I've ever seen at Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, team predictions then. I mean, would would Alisson start for you, Theo, on Sunday? I think so, yes. Like, it is Arsenal, so you want to consider it and take it a strong team-wise. Uh, they've not had like a quick turnaround here. He's had time to recover. And I think he is the FA Cup goalkeeper. He started seven of the last 10 games. Like We can think Cup to Keller's opportunity. Keller's going to play in midweek against Fulham. Alisson's the FA Cup goalkeeper. See, I'd have it the other way around, actually. I'd play Kelleher tomorrow, Sunday, and then Alisson on Wednesday. Hates the FA Cup. Absolutely yeah. hates it. I put me in goal on Sunday. <laughs> what about the rest of your back line? <laughs> well, I think Gomez might... I think Gomez probably going to play centre-back with Kwanzaa. Um, you really aren't taking it seriously at all, are you? No, it's a serious, that's a serious <laughs> centre-back partnership. Um, my full-backs are inexperienced, though. Connor Bradley and, and Owen Beck. Um, so that, that's my back five. Theo, I know you you were going to go very strong earlier on. Yeah, I'm going strong. I, I can't see Owen Beck starting. I think he's there more as a, a squad option. So that means it's going to be Joe Gomez. I'm going Canate and Van Dijk, with Canate then dropping out for the League Cup game. And Trent can get the nod just because I don't think I need him in midfield. So Connor Bradley can be a substitute. Wow. I mean, I'd be tempted to, to put Quanza in there on, on Sunday purely because I think it's a good opportunity to see how he fares up against, you know, a really top Premier mm. League side without the, the pressure of being in a Premier League game. So I'd be tempted to, to put Quanza in there. Um, but midfield? There's like three available, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I think it picks it, itself, it's doesn't it, really? Yeah. So McAllister. McAllister's going to have to start, isn't he, as the, the six. Jones. Pet Linders. Yeah, yeah. Um, James McConnell. Now it's, it's probably going to have to be Jones and, and Gravenberg, isn't it? Is there yeah. anyone else really? I mean, you, I imagine you want to play Elliot in the front three if he's starting. So, yeah, that'll have to be my, my midfield three. Yeah, I'm going the same trio. McAllister, um, Olden, Jones and Gravenberg, because you need Elliot in the three. I suppose you could put Bradby right back and have training at midfield but I've already said the other way around so I'm not going to stick with you then Theo for you at your front line uh, Elliot's on the right oh, he did so well there against West Ham you want to see more of him in these games and he's done so well this season when he has come on as a substitute hopefully he can make a, a big impact as a starter against one of the big sides in the country and the other two it's two from four it could be any two from four I'm going to go Jota give him a first start after injury another step on his recovery and he loves facing Arsenal he scores so many against them and Gakpo, because he got a, a goal off the bench in midweek, so he can come in for a start, but you wouldn't have any qualms with it being Diaz or Nunes. Yeah, just to play devil's advocate, really, I guess. I'd put Nunes in now the middle and, and Jota on the left uh, and give uh, Diaz particularly a rest and, and Gakpo can come off the bench. Brilliant score predictions. Oh, <clears throat> anything but a draw. I mean, like I said earlier on, it, it all depends on how, how strong the, the two managers go. I don't think he, either of them particularly want this fixture. Um, I think Arsenal will rotate more than Liverpool. Do you think? Because like, they can put Ramsdale in, they've got uh, a few attacking options like Enketia, uh Trossard. They've got a few more bodies they can rotate. Yeah, they probably play that Kiwi or a fullback. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Arsenal's a sneaker 2-1. Um, 
yeah, let, let's go to some. Let, let's go be positive. Actually, let's go Liverpool two one. I'm going to go Liverpool two one only because I think the pressure isn't really going to be on them that much. I think you know, I think everyone's sort of in the same mindset going into it, and you can just play a game and enjoy it. Yeah. Let's hope so. Um, well, well, we'll finish on a couple of questions that some viewers have put through for us. Um, so Allied Campuses on YouTube has asked, are we looking at backup for Salah? Yeah, I mean, the, the issue Liverpool have got is if they were to get £100 million for Mo Salah in the summer, um, they've already got four, four players in those four positions, so they can't go and get two or three to replace him because there's too many and they're not going to be playing. So then you're potentially looking at spreading it across the squad in the way that they did with Van Dijk and, and Alisson when Coutinho was sold. Um, but where where do you then prioritise? They're, they're going to absolutely have to buy, bring in a forward player. It's just a case of what kind of profile are they going to be. Um, I'm sure they like Michael Olise at, at uh, Crystal Palace, but they certainly like Kylian Mbappe at PSG. Um, they're totally different players at various points of their career, aren't they, already? Um, so everything's all a little bit under wraps at the moment. I think ideally, um, for, for me anyway, I'd just look to get Mo Salah on another, another contract, on, hopefully on the same similar terms that he's on now and, and just kick it down the road because I don't think he's in any um, any way to finish up, really, to be honest. Yeah, you get him for another two, three years, then Elliot's two, three years older, Gordon is, Doak is, then you know what the situation they're going to be. Can they actually step up? Or you look at who's around the market, like Elise's a couple of years older. Yes, he'll be more expensive, but then you know there's a more proven option there. At the moment, there isn't that proven go and get because Salah is still the best left-sided forward in world football. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that one. Um, Henry Hale on YouTube has asked, do you think we may go for a defensive midfielder? If so, what style of one do you think they would go for? Is, is this in, in January, I guess? Um, well, uh, yeah, in January, let's say January. Yeah, I think the form of, of Endo is, is almost eased that concern, really. Um, there's no doubt that McAllister is learning on the job and, and it's a different style of, of number six to what you maybe associate with the, the, the best in the world in that position. Um, but Endo is, is a lot more like similar to, to what you need in a typical number six, isn't he? And I think with him being in such great form, I think that has um, eased the, the need for for an all-action n- number six. Uh, I'd still like Liverpool to, to be active and be looking and seeing what they can do. And, and we know from the, the failed Caicedo bit that if they find the player who they think is right, they, they will go for it and give it their all. But at the moment, I think they will be a little bit more cautious with it. Uh, I mean, I think I've said it a few weeks ago on this part that ideally I'd like to see Liverpool be a bit aggressive and, and go for it this this window and maybe bring forward a couple of options that they've got for the summer and give themselves a real proper chance at winning the Premier League title. But knowing how they operate, how Klopp likes it to be, I think they will kind of wait until the summer. Yeah, it's, it's a slightly frustrating one, isn't it? And I can see why some fans have been frustrated with, with sort of the, the discourse that it's likely to be a quiet window because it does feel very much like there's a, a league title to be won and, and if Liverpool miss out because of injuries, especially when you look at the likes of, of Gomez and Canate, how injury-prone they have been in the past, you know, it, it will be a, a huge blow. Um, Kenny Heaslip on Facebook has said... I'll ask you this one, Theo. Thoughts on Nunes? I don't believe he's a sticker. Maybe putting, maybe better putting him out on the wing. A sticker, striker, <laughs> striker. It says sticker. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking. 
I was thinking stick out. Does he mean some sort of metaphor? Yeah, I thought. Like does he mean like plastic? the ball doesn't hold up very well? I don't oh, know. I see, yeah. But I assume he did mean striker. So yeah, go on. Um, I've said this on podcast before. I don't mind so much when he misses the chances, as long as he creates the chances, as long as he's a threat, as long as he's this agent of chaos. Because there's that faith in him. When he has a few more years, a bit more experience, he's not going to be as raw a talent. He will be that. It will just stick for him using that there i remember um didier drogba when he first came to the premier league i know he was a bit old and i think i've probably said this on the podcast before it wasn't quite happening for him he was very inconsistent there was that criticism about his performances his goal scoring return whether he was a diver too theatrical but then it just worked after a few years everything went in and he was from a liverpool point of view a striker you really hated facing yeah. i still think nunez is young enough to definitely become that sort of striker he, he does look threatening on the left like he's got the pace he gets in behind and he causes aside so many problems and if he's there then you can have someone who's more prolific down the middle but then if he's down the middle nine times out of ten you've still got salah to the right of him getting goals you've still got jota off the bench or on the left Gakpo diaz you're not relying on Nunes to be your main source of goals. He can still learn on the job, get adjusted to the Premier League and work his way through. We're not seeing the final package of Darwin Nunes yet and we're not going to for another two, three years. And in those two, three years, that'll be when Salah's probably not a Liverpool player anymore. But at the moment, they've got so many good attacking options that do step up, do get the goals. You can afford him a couple of misses as long as the others deliver the goods and he still pops up when you need to. You wouldn't bet against him getting the winner against Arsenal on Sunday, would you? No, definitely not. Um, and maybe, who knows, maybe maybe Sticker is the new false nine. <laughs> Wait and see. Um, Michael Lavin on Facebook has said, if we haven't got a plan to cover this, if we haven't got a plan to cover this, then we should question the team management generally. However, I think we have enough firepower to cover this period. So I think he's saying, oh, yeah. if yeah. we've not, you know, the team's looking a bit threadbare at the moment, we should, should be questioning the team management. But he does think we've got enough. Firepower. I mean, I suppose it's two, two parts. First of all, do you think Liverpool are leaving themselves a bit short if they don't sign anyone? And secondly, do you personally think they've got enough to, to get through? I mean, I don't think they're leaving themselves short in the sense that uh, they need someone because they're, you know, they're a bit, you know, a bit of a stopgap sign who, who can just come in in the way, you know, mould of a of an Ozan Carback or <clears throat> even an Arthur Mello. I'd just like to see them be a bit proactive for the change and, and kind of be aggressive and decide that they want player X for the summer. Why can't they get him in January? And I, I know it doesn't always work that way, but it just feels like there's an opportunity here for Liverpool now and the more that they, they try to go for it, who knows what it can yield in May. Um, but on the flip side, I, I don't I, I don't see the, the wisdom in just bringing in a player just to, to cover for a few weeks. If that makes sense, if they're gonna they're gonna bring someone in this month, it's got to be a a Luis Diaz or a Virgil Van Dijk, where where you're bringing someone in for six years, seven years, as opposed to six months. And and Klopp always says that to be fair, but um, I just feel like it is there at the moment for Liverpool, and and um, it, it's uh, it's just feels like it, it can be grasped that if they, they want to go for it this month, but I'm not sure that they will. The thing is, those players are starting 11 players, and there aren't many positions in that side where you think there is a starting place up for grabs. Maybe if you put Trent into midfield or you properly debate McAllister Endo as a holding midfielder and you could go and get a Kaiseido, that sort of profile, uh, you could would break your club record for. But front three-wise, there isn't really anyone you drop there unless you give up on Nunes or you say 
Diaz doesn't score enough, and that would be the boldest to shouts when they are still delivering. It's not really a decision you make midway through a season. Um, Liverpool's squad is strong. They have got the depth there, but they've also got a lot of injuries. So it's you way up there. How many injuries do you want to cover for? Like Liverpool have looked light in attack during the festive period because Jota wasn't there. But as soon as you put them back in there, they've got five forwards. You don't go and sign a sixth one just to be on the bench in case one of them gets injured. You've still got Elliot. You've still got a couple of youngsters. There is enough there, but they are risking it a little bit. Like one more defensive injury, and it's an injury crisis. One more midfield injury at holding midfield. McAllister had another one, and it's a crisis. But when you've got those options there, there's no point signing someone just to be a squad option. Like the only one we've seen really in recent years from Klopp is Minamino. And mm-hmm. he got frustrated because he wasn't getting opportunities, yeah. but then he wasn't at the level to start regularly and get the opportunities. Compare that to other players that have come in where they have grabbed that by the, the scruff of the neck. It's a very uh, one hard one to weigh up, but you want the quality so you can start and make the difference to Liverpool. And there aren't many players you can get for a good fee out there at the moment. Yeah, I think the Minamino one's a good example. It was also a bit opportunistic, wasn't it? Because yeah. they discovered the relatively low fee for his, his release clause. Diaz was kind of brought forward because Tottenham made their move and, and then that's how he came to the club. So a lot of it does depend on, on the movements of other clubs as well, you know, external factors. So I think Liverpool keeping the powder dry but can become active if they do if they need to and, and we'll see what they do. Yeah, Minamino, by the way, having a great season, isn't he, for, for Monaco? So for Monaco, yeah. For him. yeah. Um, just finally then, um, Chikozi and Noah, sorry, I probably butchered your name there on Facebook, has said, I think we should sign Bowen thoughts on that one yeah it's it's a really good show liverpool were tentatively interested was it three years ago now two or three years ago Salah's contract was last expiring wasn't it yeah um he's having a great season at west ham isn't he um i mean the only issue with that is does it mean that Salah's going exactly so he he comes in yeah great but then liverpool have got six forwards for three places um and we know that rotation happens and whatever else but um I feel like they are well stocked up top. Um, they've, all, they've all scored goals, haven't they? That front five this season. We've spoken about them at length. So I do like Bowen, um, but I'm just not sure whether there's a vacancy in Liverpool's forward line at the moment. Well, Klopp likes Bowen as well. He said he's his favourite player yeah. outside of Liverpool. I, I look at the age and think it's probably last chance saloon for him to get that move to a Liverpool because you don't normally look at them getting the player who's proven. You'd think rather they go for a 23, 24-year-old like they were when they signed Gakpo, Diaz, Nunes. But maybe it is a different conversation when you're replacing Salah because you would need that proven goal scorer and Bowen certainly proven to be that this year, where he has done for recent years as well. But this year when he's having a chance up front as well, and he looks brilliant at the moment. And he's probably peak of his powers. You know, you're not going to, get much more from him you're not going to get anything from him resell value it's what you want from there but then if you are saying Salah goes and you want the replacement wouldn't you be more tempted to just throw it all at Mbappe if you could make that happen it's a lot to weigh up well the only time will tell I suppose but that's it from us today thank you very much for joining us Uh, we'll be back next week to reflect on Arsenal and look forward to of course the the biggest competition (laughs) in club football the Carabao Cup but thank you for joining us for the latest episode of the Blood Red Podcast You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.